The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast by thepilotreport.com about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. This is Len Costa with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting from in the field at the Lanai Airport in Lanai, Hawaii. Today I'm joined with uh, Lawrence, who's the chief instructor over at the Maui Flight Academy. First of all, welcome. Aloha. Aloha. Yes, indeed. We are here in sunny Hawaii for sure. And uh, I'm visiting with Lawrence today, and he, we, what we're going to do is he's going to tell me about uh, Maui Flight Academy, number one, and talk us a little bit through the business uh, of what, what it's all about. But before we get started, I did want to mention that uh, Maui Flight Academy does operate a Cirrus SR-22 G3 aircraft and uh, with air conditioning, which is important down here. That's <laughs> correct, exactly. And uh, we just took a flight from Maui. I can't pronounce the name. Kahului Airport. Kahalui yeah. Airport. Okay. From Kahalui over to Lanai to grab some lunch, where we're doing this uh, in-the-field interview before we do head on to a, uh, another stop-and-go. And uh, so, anyway, like I said, um, Lawrence, tell us a little bit, first of all, about yourself, your flight experience, how you got involved in aviation. Sure. Uh, well, I was, uh, started flying about 15 years old, and uh, soloed at 16, got my private at 17, uh, commercial, uh, and then on, and then my CFII, and uh, so I was always, I used to take the bus from school to the airport. In fact, I think I was the third most absent kid in class, because I was always at the airport. Um, So uh, from there, uh, then I went and graduated college, I got my degree in physics, uh, but then I uh, missed aviation, I really wanted to get back into it, so I... uh, um, my first job out of college actually was working for Hawaiian Airlines, and I worked for the chief financial officer at Hawaiian Airlines. And um, from that point, I uh, was with them for a little while, and then I left and started. Uh, uh, they were losing a lot of money at the time, so I went and started flight instructing to make a living. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, flying around, and uh, uh, I started a Part 135 uh, uh, air carrier, and we were flying. Uh, uh, eventually, we had a fleet of 14 aircraft flying to okay. the Grand Canyon every day. So we had four, 14 402s, a Metroliner. And so my day out of the office was Thursdays. I used to go flying, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, but uh, so that was really a, a 10-year career in terms of doing that, uh, starting from scratch. I literally had my last paycheck in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started this business, not really knowing what I was getting into. But uh, uh, it evolved, and I had a... a you know, uh, I think about 40 pilots uh, at our peak uh, working for me at the time. Wow. So it was, uh, as I always tell people, it's a great business to be from, not a great business to be in. <laughs> so, um, and from that point, I sold the company and then moved back to Hawaii. Okay. And uh, then I didn't fly for like five years. And I don't golf. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm bored to tears now. You know, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she says, you're not going to want to buy an airplane, are you? I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, only if it has a parachute. <laughs> and she was half joking, you right. know. And I said, well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so uh, we ended up buying uh, my first Cirrus, which was a 2004 Cirrus. And so we had that out here and then uh, traded up for a 2007. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, and I would constantly get phone calls from Cirrus owners from around the country saying, I heard you're in Maui and, you know, we're coming for a vacation. Can you, can I fly with you? And the first year I was like, oh yeah, it's great. Let's go. I was just looking for a reason to go fly with people. And then I realized, hey, wait a minute. This is costing me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and at simultaneously, Cirrus had asked me to uh, be their um, salesman in the field for the state of Hawaii, I guess you could call okay. it. And so I actually sold six Cirruses uh, in the state of Hawaii on behalf of Cirrus um, and uh, started to get a good working relationship uh, with them. And uh, I know Dale Klapmeyer pretty well and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, and then um, what I realized is that, you know, guys were calling me and they wanted to go flying. I was too busy to go do, you know, for fun. So I said, you know, we should really turn this into a business. And uh, so we created Maui Flight Academy simultaneously with the idea that there's another company called Flight Academy or The Flight Academy out of Seattle, and that's Luke License Operation. Now, Luke uh, does serious training around the country, uh, but he's headquartered in Seattle. And he says, you know, we were talking one day, and, and I said, you know, why don't we do a program where we can get guys to do their recurrency or their IFR training or whatever in conjunction with a vacation in Hawaii. And he said, how soon can we do it? (laughs) And so we did for the first time last April a whole month worth of, they did it actually, uh, of theflightacademy.com. They do a trip to Alaska every year and now they're doing this Hawaii program. And it really took off famously for them and it got us kind of on the map as well. And so uh, what I did is I, I decided to craft really, I mean, at the end of the day, what people really want to do is they want to look around, take pictures, fly Cirrus in Hawaii, and usually it's the, the, the notch uh, on the belt of mm-hmm. I flew in all 50 states right. is what they're looking for. And that's kind of the, the niche. But, you know, we're also serious about training and so forth. And Kahului Airport in Maui uh, was ranked by AOPA Magazine as the windiest airport in the nation. Okay. So it's a wonderful place to practice your crosswinds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll see 737s at you know, crab angles of you know, 20, 30 degrees just trying to get it on the ground. Mm-hmm. And passengers hate it, you know, but uh, <laughs> um, you, know, we, uh, you never get, you have to use the brakes when you touch down in Kahului here. <laughs> it's such a slow ground speed. Um, so it's great training for that. Um, Lanai Airport is one of my favorite for a lot of reasons that all the approaches are here the ILS, the WRDME, the RNAV everything is here there's a holding pattern right off the coast here mm-hmm. um, so you can do a lot of your IFR training and as I tell people you know, a lot of people don't have experience flying over water the airplane doesn't know it's over water right. you do right. you know? and I remember the first time that I flew uh, what I call feet wet when I went from uh, Oahu to the island of Kauai and there's a, there's a portion of that route that you can't see either island. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do that for the first time, you really have that pucker factor of, you know, wow, I'm really over the water here. Um, now, for ferry pilots, it's, <laughs> that's, that's nothing for right. them. But when you're a, a land lover, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a different feeling. Um, but uh, so what we try and do is incorporate whether it's, uh, you know, the fun stuff, with the recurrency or the crosswind or the overwater operations. Most guys have never flown with a raft on board or flown with even a life vest on board. And uh, so we, of course, do that. 
And uh, so depending upon um, people's schedules and times, uh, we try and, of course, incorporate a few good photo shots. And, and where we're going to fly later is probably my most favorite airport on planet Earth. It's called uh, Kalapapa. Molokai, and if you guys look it up on your VFR chart, and I'm sure you'll have a video of this, yes. um, which I'm excited for actually, and he'll tell you here just why in a moment. Yeah, it's uh, you can actually see these the waves of the ocean splash onto the yeah. runway. In I, fact, if you time it just right, you could do the touch and go right through the waves. But <laughs> we don't want to do that today. No. <laughs> um, but it's it's some people call it the most isolated place on Earth because you can only get to it by airplane or mule. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, uh, that's kind of the fun stuff. And of course, some people like to go out to the volcano and, and fly around there. And usually what we'll do is we'll incorporate uh, uh, seeing that with, uh, say, an IFR approach into Hilo, uh, which is probably one of the wettest spots in all of Hawaii. Okay. And it's a great place to fly in ILS. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's one of those places where we have 360 days of VFR weather uh, a year, but you can still do some serious flying. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, Hawaii, it's not such a, you know, how can that, how can, hard can that be? We've got one of the busiest class Bravo uh, airspaces in Honolulu. Uh, you're there flying, you know, the uh, uh, the strike fighters from the Air National Guard are buzzing by. you got, you know, 747s that you're landing behind. So it's kind of a fun mix and match place that you don't get, you know, in the middle of Iowa mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And, you know, it was interesting because you said flying with the raft and the, uh, the other safety equipment, this is actually the first time I've been in an airplane with any significant overwater flight that wasn't a lake, you know, in the upper 48 or something like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, we, since I don't have a photo or video of it, but you, we had some safety equipment. What were we wearing today? Sure. Uh, well, I was wearing the Switlick uh, helicopter vest and... Um, uh, you were wearing the uh, standard uh, airline uh, lap vest okay. that uh, they use on the helicopter flights around here and so forth. Uh, it's just a lightweight vest that you can quickly don and then jump out. Um, mine's a little bit more robust in case I've got to help people out. and sure. I, you know, I don't want to be messing with that. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have a four-person life raft on board, um, and it's a covered canopy life raft. This was something that uh, before we brought the airplane out here, uh, and we have two little boys, my wife said, you know, we really should get a safety briefing from somebody who's an expert on this. And so we actually hired Doug Ritter, and he conducts these uh, uh, water uh, ditching exercises okay. at Cirrus events and so forth. And anybody who, who does serious over water flying really should attend this course. Um, and so we've got the raft. We also have a, a little spare air, five-minute scuba air. It's by my knee. And I tell people, as I told you guys, that if we're you know underwater, filled, everybody shares the air. And it's just a, that little extra, it, it costs nothing. But it's that one last piece of safety equipment that, um, you know, could make the difference if you have to open the door and so sure. forth. But I tell all my flying uh, pilots uh, that, you know, if we do have to ditch, we're going to pull the chute. There have been chute uh, pulls uh, into the water that Cirrus uh, pilots have had on the East Coast and so forth. And um, there's a debate uh, with guys around Hawaii uh, that uh, they're kind of against that policy, but having seen that experience uh, that Cirrus has had in the past mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great way to locate the airplane there was a guy who ditched in between uh, in a 152 in between the big island and Maui and there's a very uh, rough channel in between those two islands because the, 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 the wind and the ocean is pretty rough there and uh, what was very interesting about his story and I, I don't know if this was about six or seven years ago you could google it probably but he ditched um, and nobody could locate him and he had two of those vests that we were just talking about uh, that you wrap around your lap. And so he 
uh, inflated one, and he put the other one under his knees. What was fascinating about his experience was that, um, uh, I think it was somewhere mid to late day that he ditched, uh, nightfall came, nobody could spot him anywhere, and uh, as soon as the sun set, all of a sudden the fish started poking holes at his life vest, and it popped the one <laughs> under his knees. Now, can you imagine sitting in, you know, overnight in the ocean? He sat in the water overnight until 10 o'clock the next morning. Coast Guard couldn't find him. There was a brave 150 pilot mm -hmm. that wanted to, you know, help out and go look, and she located him. Uh, it was 10 o'clock the next morning. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was in the water a long time. Now, fortunately, the water is relatively warm, so he didn't have hypothermic problems. But uh, you really can't have enough uh, flotation and safety equipment around mm -hmm. here when you're flying single-engine airplanes. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of guys just won't do it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, that's all about risk mitigation. Mm -hmm. But sure. it's, it's great experience for guys who are coming from the mainland to have that experience. Yeah. Well, and like myself, because we were walking out to the airplane, and I knew we were going to be flying around Hawaii, and it never occurred to me that we would be actually wearing any of this safety equipment. And then we showed up to the aircraft, and you briefed us how to use it and showed us how to use it. And it kind of it's like ding, light bulb in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I understand why. But, um, well, that's cool. So tell us, though, the there is kind of a distinction. You are a flight academy, as you said. So this is not an air tour business. This right. is flight instruction. Right. What, um, beyond some of the other things you told us a little bit earlier on the, the, the recurrency, what, you know, tell us what kind of flight instruction and programs sure. you do sure. uh, with your students. Yeah. So um, what we do mostly is uh, on the recurrency side and uh, IFR recurrency and, and BFRs. We don't do, you know, soup to nuts, private pilot okay. or instrument. Um, and that's mostly of a time constraint from my other line of work. But... Um, and I only fly other pilots that, uh, whether they're student pilots, I fly with them, uh, or they're experienced, you know, commercial pilots. Uh, I don't do air tours. I don't, you know, uh, somebody calling me that just wants to fly around. That's not my niche. And, and for a couple of reasons, uh, not only regulation-wise, but also I don't want those people banging up the airplane. I let everybody fly. And that's one of the fun things about it is that, you know, I'm, I'll be behind them on the power, just like any other instructor. But... They're going to get the full experience of flying in 40-knot crosswinds and uh, uh, taking off and landing on runways that are on the water, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So uh, it's not a spectator sport by any means. But as far as uh, uh, rigorous, uh, what I call ab initio type pr training programs, we don't do that. And uh, yeah, I think there are other places. There's a, there's a full-fledged flight school on Maui that I turn people to. Okay. It's also less expensive. Mine is much more of a niche type of right. uh, service. Yeah, because like you said, it's very, it's obviously Cirrus-centric. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about your uh, your hourly rates with the aircraft? Sure. Well, right now we're at 260 an hour dry for the airplane. Uh, then the CFI me uh, is uh, 75 an hour. Okay. And then uh, whatever the fuel is. Right now, fuel's running around $7.50 mm -hmm. uh, a gallon, which, you know, is a little bit more than the mainland, mm -hmm. but considering how far we have to go to get it. Absolutely. And there have been times where, you know, we run out of avgas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the tank. And so, you know, you have to cancel flying for the mm -hmm. day. It doesn't happen that often. But, uh, and we use 100, not 100 low lead. So uh, really? this stuff comes from Singapore mostly. Okay. And uh, people are like, why is this, you know, such a different color than the one in her, mm -hmm. back home? And, and this is why, so... Uh, and we actually tune the uh, the timing a little bit different on the engines for that 100 just to get a little bit more power out of it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, since you brought it up, I'm, I've never operated with 100 versus, you know, the, I'm always used to the conventional 110 low lead. Uh, 
spend two minutes, tell me the, some differences about it. Well, um, first of all, <laughs> the, uh, the, you'll never get this pre-detonation. You'll never get this uh, 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 letting, uh, f- uh, fouling, I should say, of the spark plugs. I mean, I've, even though I'll do, when I do a run-up, I'll do a full mixture run-up, and then I'll do a lean run-up. And I've never had any sort of rough-running magneto because there was, uh, you know, lead fouling up the plugs. Now, when I've had this airplane on the mainland, that happened all the time. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the differences. Um, You tend to get a little bit more power. um, And if you have it timed right, uh, you know, you can can see a little bit of difference. And uh, the Cirrus... uh, instructors from the mainland have told me they could definitely t- uh, see the difference. Wow, okay, interesting. So, uh, so you're out at the Maui Airport, Kahalui, um, and this is, uh, again, mostly for serious folks or individuals with serious, uh, serious time that are coming to fly with you. Do you, I mean, do you have other people looking to just do... Uh, like you said, pilots, but maybe they're not yeah. serious pilots? Yeah, sure. I've had student pilots. I've had diamond pilots. I've had... Um, uh, you know, some of the uh, the glass cockpit guys that, uh, you know, they don't want to fly the 172 or maybe it's too busy or they want to do, you know, fly something nice and splurge a little bit. Uh, but it's it's definitely a, uh, a nicer product, mm-hmm. I should say, than, than some of the competition out there. Okay. Uh, so tell us what, I mean, what is your favorite part about flying around the islands and taking people for, uh, you know, for instruction in this part of the world? Because this is my first time down here. I never get tired of the scenery. <laughs> I mean, whether it's whale season, which, you know, uh, starts around November through February, March. Um, we'll fly over, you know, between uh, Molokai and Lanai, and you'll see a pod of whales having babies. I mean, wow. yeah, I mean, there's, it's really spectacular. Uh, there are times when um, the Big Island volcano, you can uh, get around it and... Um, uh, and see some of the, the, the flow, which is really spectacular. Uh, you just never get tired of the scenery. The weather is always a little bit different, and so you're always looking to, you know, fly. I, there was one flight from Kauai to Maui that I did, and I'll never forget it. I must have flown through 30 or 40 rainbows. I mean, wow. and I took pictures, and it was just spectacular. And I had these passengers on board, and they're like, this is unbelievable. And uh, we call it rainbow chasing. And, and you get it right at around sunset when the weather's just right. It's phenomenal. It- just two days ago, we were uh, actually driving from Haiku down to... Actually, yeah, from Haiku. We ourselves saw... Um, I mean, you see a rainbow, but I never saw as many bands of color in a rainbow as I did down here. It was the very first time. Um, Lawrence, tell us uh, what you know. What last words might you have, some information, any, anything that you find interesting that would be important to the listeners uh, about coming down and flying with you down here in Maui. Sure. Uh, well, go to MauiFlightAcademy.com. That's where we're at. Uh, at Maui Flight is our Twitter. But uh, MauiFlightAcademy.com has all the information there, and, and you can give us a call at 919-MAUI-FLY, uh, and you can see that on the website. And, uh, of course, like anything else, try and plan ahead. And um, uh, and if you're familiar with Cirrus, you know, and you want to do some recurrency training or you want to do some approaches, uh, I would tell you what, you know, you can expect and... and uh, uh, otherwise, if you're just looking to you know, kind of do some touch and goes and crosswind landings, um, you know, we can do that as well. So we, we'll always have fun. There are, we have 100% customer satisfaction. <laughs> and uh, everybody gets uh, a little sticker for their logbook uh, that's got uh, uh, some, some really neat stuff on it. And uh, people like to have that as their uh, memento. 
Excellent. Well, this is uh, Len Costa once again reporting from in the field down here at the Lanai Airport in Lanai, Hawaii, with uh, Lawrence, the chief instructor of Maui Flight Academy. Thank you, Lawrence. First of all, thank you. Aloha and mahalo, and I look forward to everybody coming out. Excellent. And uh, so we want to wish you guys all, thanks for tuning in to this uh, special In the Field episode, and we all wish you guys clear skies and calm winds. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast brought to you by thepilotreport.com, a Len Costa production.